Hey all, what's going on? Pastor Drew here. This podcast covers a book study we're going through with our intercessory team about breaking strongholds in your city. It's a book by C. Peter Wagner. So before I go any further, I just want to thank Anne-Marie, our intercessory team leader, for leading us through this previous week's chapter. Uh, She led us brilliantly. I'm just blessed by her, her spiritual insight and leadership. So God bless you, Anne-Marie. Thank you. Uh, If we were all here, we'd give her a round of applause, right? But since we're not, this is what we get. And again, thank you. We're so blessed by you. Okay, so today we're in our second to last week of this book study. Such a wonderful book and uh, yeah, just so excited about getting to launch into spiritual mapping pretty soon over our city. But today we're talking about chapter eight of the book, which is another case study of spiritual mapping. So what I feel like Wagner is telling us is that there's more than one way to do this. So the basic layout for this chapter is that Mark McGregor does a bunch of historical research for the city of Seattle, and then Bev Klopp and her intercessory team takes that historical info and uses it to inform them as they spiritually map the city. So section one is McGregor's historical breakdown of Seattle. Then he, and in that, he answers 20 questions. Then the second part of the chapter is Klopp's spiritual mapping section. So as I reflect on how Wagner is showing us how to spiritually map cities, um, I just love the implicit message he's giving us to gather all the information, but that it's okay to carry out strategic intercessory prayer in our unique way. Now, in other words, he's showing us multiple ways intercessory teams have successfully spiritually mapped locations without nailing us down saying, this is the one way to do it. Here it is. And, um, and he doesn't do that. I, I just love that. He gives us the license to be who God has made us to be as an intercessory team and to move in the unique direction that God would call us to move. So, that's just exciting. So we're just going to start here with the 20 questions that McGregor answers um, in this chapter. And the first question is, what place does your city have in this nation's history? So obviously, since Seattle isn't as relevant to the spiritual battle that we're fighting, I thought I'd just make a few notes about Orlando to answer these questions. Now, these notes... uh, are on the brief amount of history that I know about Orlando without much research. So, um, I, I would say to answer this question, the most historical thing about Orlando is Disney. Because Disney, it's become worldwide known as the voc- vacation capital. Um, again, uh, this isn't just nationwide, this is worldwide. Everyone knows Disney. Okay, the second question is, was there ever the imposition of a new culture or language through the conquest? Uh, I kind of think that question is strangely worded, but here we go. Um, I'm sure there was cultural change in the transition from the Indian tribes who lived here to the people who took the land from them and made this Orlando. But... um, 
we'll have to do much more study on that. And it could be that Kim Linaway has already done study on that. She may have that info, but I don't have much of that information right now. All right, question number three. What were the religious practices of the ancient peoples on the site? Again, I don't know the answer to this question, but I am curious to find out. Um, and even if it's just from Disney and even the Lady of the Lake at Lake Eola, I wouldn't be surprised if the ancient religious praxis had something to do with creativity or some sort of artistic emphasis. Let's, let's find out. I'm, I'm, I'm curious now. All right, number four, the fourth question is, was there a time when a new religion emerged? So as we know, Orlando is filled with a myriad of cultures. Many religions uh, were just a very multicultural area, uh, but it seems like there was probably a big shift in religion and culture when the land uh, or surrounding land was taken from the Native Americans. And there was probably another big shift when Disney brought its culture to town. Through Disney, uh, I mean, it's, it's not just, it's not like Disney's a religion, but I believe it can be for some people. For some, it is a healthy, fun place, but for others, it's become this religion of escape, and it's become an obsession. I think also to add to this topic, um, Disney is also a gateway for much of the multicultural, creative, and even relativistic pluralism which means just a mixing together of religions. Um, and, and that's what's really emphasized here in Orlando. So, um, was there a time where new religion emerged? Uh, and we'll have to do more, relig- more research on this, but it seems like the shifting from Indians to the people who took over the land and Disney and the brief history that I know, those are the two shifts. All right, so number five. Under what circumstances did the gospel first enter the city? Oh, this, I'll, I'll be fascinated to learn this, but I don't know that yet. Number six, has the city government ever disintegrated? Hmm, that would be an interesting question to answer. I know when the author was answering that for Seattle, he found out there was this time when this major business owner was in town and in major leadership roles in Seattle. And he basically drove the city into bankruptcy because he was trying to get everything for him and just drove the city into the ground. And it would be interesting to find out if anything like that happened in Orlando. I don't know of anything, but... Okay, number seven. What has been the leadership style of past governments? Again, excited to find out, but I don't know. Number eight. Have there ever been wars that affected the city? Now, it sounds like there was a battle um, between the Native Americans here and uh, those who were taking the land from Native Americans. Um, and from what I understand, it was, it was a slaughter. It was very sad. But other than that, I, I don't know if there was any other war history here. Uh, there might be. It could be something to do with pirates or I, I don't know. But <laughs> we'll have to find out. Number nine. Was the city itself the site for a battle? Again, I don't know. Excited to find out. Number 10. What names have been used to label the city and what are their meanings? 
the or, there, there's a couple different things I found on this one. Just quick Google search. Orlando City model is as you like it. I mean, that already has this relativistic vibe to it. Um, also, pride is a word seen on some Orlando flags, and it, it's really ingrained in our culture here. Um, just Not just uh, LGBTQ uh, pride, but um, just pride as the enemy wants us to know it. Um, this arrogance, you know, that kind of pride. Uh, but, I mean, we've even named our soccer team after it, the, uh, the pride. So, um, also, the Orlando is known as the City Beautiful. This is something that's on uh, some flags. It's on some uh, city banners. That's the City the Beautiful. Um, and it's at Lake Yola, especially. Also, because of Disney, some of us, some people refer to Orlando or specifically Disney as the happiest place on earth. So those are some things we're known for. All right, number 11, why was the city originally settled? Again, not sure, but really excited to find out. Love that historical stuff. Number 12, did the city have a founder and what was his dream? Again, not sure, but I'm excited to learn what the original founders, uh, their dream was. Um, I, I believe those who went to Lake Eola, they found out more about this topic. And, uh, and I think Kim Linaway has done some more research on this, so would love to hear from her, but I'm not sure yet. All right, number three, as political, military, and religious leaders... Um, have any emerged, and what did they they dream for themselves and for the city? So I don't know about the emergence of political, military, religious leaders here, but I do know that Walt Disney, which we've already talked about, Disney being somewhat of a religious thing in itself, just because it's so while worldwide known, so many people come here to escape for it. So in a way, some people can have this unhealthy obsession or religion about Disney. Well, I, I, I don't know all of Walt Disney's history, but I do know that he had a dream. And um, his dream has impacted this region greatly for the last 50 years. And not all of his dream has come about, but a lot of it did. Um, and it really has uh, caused this region, I believe, his dream as well as Universal coming alongside and being a, making this place a big center for entertainment and theme parks. Um, that whole thing has caused this huge multicultural influx of people. A lot of people move here because there's a lot of business and money to be made here. All right, number 14, what political, economic, and religious institutions have dominated the life of the city? Uh, so this is a bigger question than what I'm prepared to answer right now. I do have some thoughts, but uh, really, they're probably not very informed. So let's get more informed and we can answer the question. Number 15, what has been the experience of immigrants in the city? Now, I don't know all of the history on this, but it seems that we are a very welcoming city to immigrants, since many come from all around the world to vacation here. 
And a lot of people move into our area as well. Once again, it seems that at least a part, in part, Disney and Universal have a lot to do with this welcoming atmosphere. But a part of it, at least, is motivated by business to welcome people to come and spend money. But as it would seem with Disney, the dream wasn't necessarily founded in a bad motive. (laughs) The idea was to embrace this multicultural utopia, as Disney shares. Um, But Disney plus this entertainment industry, they've also provided a lot of jobs. So again, it's not necessarily all bad. Um, Some of it is really good. And maybe as we pray into it and research it more, maybe we find that a lot of it's really good. But I do wonder if there are deeper roots, deeper roots that have corrupted, deeper roots uh, even in the good. So I'm excited to do more research and see what we can find. All right, number 16. Have there been any traumatic experiences such as economic collapse, race riots, or an earthquake? Again, Kim Linaway um, brought it to our attention that there were Native Indians, Native Americans in the surrounding area that were massacred at one time. So that is definitely radical uh, and traumatic in racial uh, trauma. It's, it's, it's horrible. Um, also, we've had some severe weather pass through here. Um, some sinkhole incidents. I know we've had some in recent years, in the last seven years since I've been here. Um, uh, there was a big sinkhole over by where the high school is. It was in right around where the apartment complex is, Caddy Corner across the street from us. But um, yeah, the, there's Lake Eola itself. Like the center of Lake Eola is a sinkhole. It's like a historical thing. And so there's something, though, with that, as um, the prayer team went out to the Lake Eola to pray around it, that they felt like there was something dark and spiritual about that sinkhole. And so I just wonder if that that is the same with other sinkholes in the area. would be interesting to find out more about how many sinkholes there are in the region and then see what kind of spiritual atmosphere is around each sinkhole. Anyway, um, moving on. Number 17, did the city ever experience the birth of a socially transforming technology? So I don't know if Disney would fall into this category, but um, it does seem like there have been a lot of technological moves because of Disney, um, whether it be with our theme parks, whether it be with uh, uh, different animations, different cartoons, the different ways that cartoon movies and animated movies are made. And so, um, yeah, I, I think there is some technology involved with our area. But I think worldwide over the last 20 to 30 years, and definitely in the Western culture of America and other Western cultures, we've seen this huge technological shift that's vastly transformed uh, social society in the last 20 to 30 years. So that's not just with our immediate community, though that is with the world. And I mean, we have smartphones, internet, social media, and all kinds of other stuff that have totally transformed how we live life over the past 20 to 30 years. So 
All right, number 18. Has there ever been the sudden opportunity to create wealth such as the discovery of oil or new irrigation technology? Again, Disney. Theme parks and entertainment seem to be the main revenue of lots of dollars floating in around this area. But as we've prayed, I know human trafficking keeps coming up as something the Lord wants us to come against in this area. So that may be even a bigger industry here. I don't know. But I'm excited to to learn and to do more research. Um, it would be very interesting to see if there's any type of uh, information that would show us the mainstreams of revenue that are flowing through our area. All right, number 19. Has there ever been religious conflicts between uh, competing religions or even among Christians in our area? Now, this I don't know, but it would be interesting to find out. All right, number 20. What is the history of relationships among races? Um, again, we know some things about the history of Native Americans here, but um, other than that, there seems to be a lot of uh, uh, racial acceptance, but also um, we know that there have been transitions and uh, we are continuing growing culture in racial diversity and racial equality. And, um, and I think Orlando is on the good side of that because of how welcoming we are to different cultures and races. But at the same time, I know we can grow in that too. So it will be interesting to find out. Maybe there's more negative here in the history of racism in Orlando than positive. But as far as what I can see, it seems like there has been some positive things recently. All right. So as I said before, McGregor did the history research in this chapter and answered all the questions uh, regarding Seattle in a far better way than I just did. And then Klopp came uh, came after in the chapter and took that info and prayed into it with her team. She then came up with a list of demons and spiritual powers involved and the effects those demons had on the city. Her list was, for lack of a better term, very, very long. She had a number of different spiritual forces of darkness that the Lord had led her team to find in her city. But as I reflected on this and what she wrote, I wondered if God would lead them to a more focused prayer strategy to pull a specific linchpin instead of trying to pray for everything that Seattle's facing at once. Um, So at least in the beginning of the chapter, McGregor states that one of the two reasons for answering these 20 questions was to find out the redemptive gifts of the city. And though I applaud all the research done by both of these warriors, there was only one brief chapter at the very end, uh, or one brief paragraph at the very end of the chapter that names the two redemptive gifts of the city. Now, my main struggle with this is as we fight the spiritual battle for Orlando, I believe God wants us to replace the strongholds of the enemy with his kingdom strongholds. So we should be learning God's redemptive gifts and plans for Orlando just as much as we're seeking to learn about the spiritual map of Orlando. We're not just 
praying that these demons would be gone and to defeat the demons and bring down their strongholds, we're praying that God's kingdom would come in Orlando. So, I encourage us as we move forward to focus as much attention on God's redemptive gifts for Orlando as we do for defeating the enemy. With all that said, I'm sure I sounded very judgmental uh, with the last couple paragraphs, but I believe it's it's not just imperative that we grow from good points made in a book, but that we learn from anything we may feel we can improve upon as well. Nonetheless, I love this chapter and I'm so blessed that we're almost ready to start spiritually mapping our city. We have one more week of this book left and then we're going to dive into mapping. So fun, so pumped, stoked for God's plan over greater Orlando. Uh, Yeah, just feel like we got our spiritual armor on, we're ready to fight, we're all prepped and uh, yeah. So I love you all and just want to say I'm so blessed to minister with each of you. As always, I want to encourage you to share your thoughts and comments, whether it be in Teams or in an email reply, Um, but would love to hear your perspective. My perspective is just one perspective, but I would love to hear yours. So I hope to see you soon, but until then, I love you. And may the Lord bless you with his abundant life. Bye.